podcast is brought to you by A truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregonian wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of his beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped is the subject of our latest Watch This or Die screener. We are talking about Michael Sarnofsky's cage-tastic dramatic thriller, Pig. I'm looking for a truffle pig. Someone stole her. I don't understand. Tell me you are. You made the right choice being out there in the woods. There's nothing here for you anymore. There's really nothing here for most of us. Buy yourself a new pig. What are you thinking? I remember every meal I ever cooked. I remember every person I ever served. You live your life for them, and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. We don't get a lot of things to really care about. Who has my pig? And I'm Matt LaPlante. And we will once again be your hosts on this very quick yet riveting cinematic journey made possible by the amazing folks over at Neon Films, who were once again kind enough to send us a screener of this heart-wrenchingly beautiful film so that we could watch and bask in its cage-tastic beauty, then give you our thoughts on it. That's right, folks. Once again, we get to indulge in our love of all things Nicolas Cage as our two worlds reunite again to make magnificent love to one another. So be prepared to be blown away by the exquisite performance of the greatest actor alive, Nicolas Cage. Mr. LaPlante, this is our second foray into the Nicolas Cage world as it relates to us getting screeners. Yeah. We did uh, our third screener back in February was Willie's Wonderland. And now here we are doing Pig. And the amazing thing about this is we're now almost a year and a half removed from when we started the Nicolas Cage podcast. And we only did it for six months and then we jumped into this. We talked about both of those movies a lot as we couldn't wait for them to come out. And we were yeah. hoping that oh, the yeah. COVID wasn't going to kill them off and that we'd maybe get them in 2020 and then hopefully in 2021. And here we are in 2021. And we've had the luxury of his most recent releases that didn't go straight to Netflix, like with uh, Jiu Jitsu, which we both knew we weren't going to want to get a screener for. But we have been well, lucky. I enough. totally wanted one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, kind of. We have been so lucky to be able to watch both Willie's Wonderland and now pig and we have to give a very very big thank you to neon films this is our third neon film they were our first they gave us possessor which was my favorite movie of last year and we got to watch ben wheatley's in the earth which is our most recent one and now we were we were just hoping that they would allow us to watch pig 
We had no idea if they would say yes, and they said yes again. Big, big thank you. A alphanumeric company has lost their way in caring about or even remembering when they were small potatoes. And we are small potatoes. We are a niche podcast. We know this, but we don't care. We just enjoy our listenership, and we try to give the best recommendations for movies we can that we really enjoy and hope that you will. And we try to find screeners from really awesome movies that we know aren't going to get great big circulation, but that should definitely get your eyeballs on them. And Neon has been so amazing to us to allow us to do three now that um, we'll are forever grateful and will forever trumpet the Neon brand. Yeah. And thank you to them for also being the first people to release Memories of Murder. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have yes, been able to do yes. that either because they were the yes. first ones to release that digitally. So unlike yes, very, an alphanumeric company uh, yes. that hasn't been able to release anything until just recently, it seems like, um, they were able to release Memories of Murder, Possessor, uh, Into the Earth, and now Pig. Yep. All during still, because it's still the pandemic. Yep. They've been able to pull this all off. Uh, and and now, they're not pretentious assholes about it. Yeah. Which is amazing which is great you know they they haven't gotten lost in this world of hipster criterion collection imdb horseshit that we rail against so enough about that we definitely need to jump into this amazing movie first off i want to give a warning a precursor i don't know what what the proper term is i want people to know a little fyi how's that we'll do a little fyi and this is nothing, uh, we just thanked this company. Now I'm going to have a little a little tiff how they promoted the movie. Because I don't want people to go into this movie thinking they're going to get something and then it's something completely different, which is what this movie is. The way it's been promoted, and even myself and Matt went in thinking that this is how it was going to be, is that you're going to get Nicolas Cage in a role where he is more like Mandy, where he is going to go on a revenge trip to get his pig back. That is not what is going to happen. You are not going to get a bloody, violent, Nicolas Cage coming unhinged final act in this film. We're not going to give away the final act of the film, but you're not going to get that. I don't want you to sit there for 45 minutes to 60 minutes waiting for that third act to start, and then all of a sudden thinking, all right, here it comes. Here comes Mandy. He's going to amp it up, and we're going to get a whole bloody affair, and then all of a sudden be disappointed, and then be like, well, this movie sucks, and then not take the movie in for the amazing picture it, it truly is. is. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous and beautiful movie. But I just don't want people to, as Matt and I talked prior to this, you see a lot of the even if you Google it before it comes out, which is coming out this Friday, if you Google it, you're going to see a bunch headlines. of people talking about the headlines of the review, like Nicolas Cage in a revenge thriller and all this stuff, like pumping it up like you're going to get some kind of almost Hill Bill-esque ending to this film. You are not going to get that. And I don't want you going in it's thinking that, type of film that in that's general. the movie. Yeah. No. It, it, but in its fairness, it is kind of promoted a bit like that. It, it does have trailer. a promoted feel. It's a very yes. smart trailer. Very smart trailer, but I just worry that people are going to go see it and then be very disappointed because they're thinking they're going to get one thing and they're going to get something completely different and then them be like, man, I was hoping for all this. Nicolas Cage being like Mandy and then missing his performance, missing the amazingness of the movie and missing the real story of the movie because of it. So I just wanted to give a little disclaimer. That's the proper turn. A little disclaimer so that when you go see this movie, you know that you're getting and you're not getting something you aren't. You know, you're you're not expecting you're not getting Girl Scout cookies. Expecting tagalongs, and you get Thin Mints. All right, thin it's mint. a very different flavor. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, that's a bad bait and switch right there. But yeah, no, I I enjoy the I love the trailer for what it is. It's a very smart trailer. It's very well edited, very well done. I am very disappointed in the writers that have written about the trailer because I feel like it's very poor writing. It's just kind of a cop out. It's either it's a cop out or they haven't had the privilege. Like we. 
we have to finally have gotten to see the film first, and they're just basically making their comments on the trailer. So in that fairness, if they're just making a comment on the trailer, I too would have thought that we're going to get some kind of... Look, when we sat there, I sat there watching the movie, I was expecting it. I'm not going to lie. We talked about it. I was expecting not so much a Mandy turn, but I was expecting a turn, and it doesn't happen. And thankfully so, because actually the way the movie comes out is it's a much better story, to be honest with you, than just some oh, simple... Someone took my pick, I got to kill somebody now for it. You know what I mean? It's a much deeper story than, than just a simple yes. revenge flick. That would have been a very A to B story. Agreed. Now, this movie is directed and its debut. So someday down the road, we may have to redo another list of our debuts for directorials. Yeah, because this is impressive. Very impressive. Michael Sarnowski. It was written by him and a lady named Vanessa Block. It stars, and I'm going to say it right now. Today is July 11th that we are recording this. You're going to hear this on the 14th? 14th. On Wednesday. So when you listen to this, it's July 14th. It comes out on Friday the 16th. Nicolas Cage should be nominated and win the Oscar for Best Actor this year for this performance. I will put everything on it. This is an unbelievable performance. We're going to get more into it, but holy fuck balls, is it a great performance. Like, Yeah, if he doesn't get nominated, the Academy either A, does not like him anymore... Or they just don't have balls, which we know they don't have balls because of the decisions that they made. This is a story right up their alley. This yeah, is a performance is. right up their alley. Really not is. not saying like he played it safe, but this is one, you know, as of recently, this is definitely a performance that garners an Oscar. Like once this comes out and finally gets its official release and people talk about it, it's going to be named. It's already been talked about, if anything you see, about how amazing his acting is in it. No one has come out yet to say it, so I will. I'll come out and say it, even though we're a small podcast. He's going to be nominated and he should win the goddamn award right now. I, there's nothing I've seen up to this date in July that is better than his performance. And I'm not just saying that because we're skewed towards Nicholas. We have fun with his shitty his shitty roles. I mean, he's not going to get nominated for Willy's Wonderland. We love, yeah, a lot of, of a bad lot stuff of bad movies. In. Slept through, slept yeah. through after several attempts at watching. Yes, but he's amazing in this. So are his co-stars, Alex Wolf, Adam Arkin, who are the two big ones, along with Nina Beforte, Gretchen Colbert, Julia Bray, Darius Pierce, and Elijah Ungvari. That is your cast of major people. Your real big cast, it's Nicholas and Alex Wolf throughout the most of the film. They are scintillating together. They're really good. Now you realize why Alex Wolf says his favorite actor is Nicholas Cage. I think Alex Wolf was oh, yeah. a great actor prior to this. Yeah, I think Alex Wolf is. is going to become an Academy Award winning because of his He's ability his to be there. in Nick's orbit and see what it takes to be a master craftsman at this profession. Oh, yeah. He's got to learn from a lot of people getting to be around Tony Collette, now Nick, and... He strives around very veteran actors. This is the first though performance because he's also got a movie coming out at the end of the month called Old, with which he's in with M. Night Shyamalan. And once again, it's a horror film. So he's great in the horror genre. He is great. I mean, him and Nick would probably be great together in a horror movie, but obviously with Hereditary and then Old. And like he feels like he's, I don't want to say it's his niche, but he feels like he's been plugged and played into this world because he's good at it. But in this film, he actually it gets a chance for him to act. You, you know, he really, you know what I'm he saying? Really like, like, he, like not that he wasn't acting. Yeah, he gets to do something besides be scared or possessed or, you know what I mean? Or have nothing but fear and fright. Well, he's out of that like uh, quintessential like teen 
like both movies he's gonna be playing like uh like not teen but like a a son in a horror film and you know even though both uh, we haven't seen old of course but hereditary is a absolutely fantastic film that is you know more of an underlying horror film built around an actual just family drama this is where he gets to like he really just gets to embody uh his character in this yes a young man trying to find himself yeah trying to find himself in a man's world that's a horrible probably phrasing but he's trying to find himself as a man he's trying to he's got a father played by adam arkin who (laughs) i'm I'm laughing because it was just it's just so surreal some of the stuff that happens in this movie because of portland but adam arkin is basically tony soprano for the trouble industry of of like the of not even that but just like the um elegant food industry you know like this this food industry that you know like the plates have like three things on them and you're supposed to be amazed by it like he comes across as like the i mean someone even says he's a dangerous man you're like this is fine dining <laughs> like wh- house like portland what's he gonna be doing making some extra fine dining oh. was it you guys are gonna have like some human tartar portland needs to get the shit together <laughs> they've got a yeah they've become accentuating their uh hipsterness like to the max where you now have the don of fine dining could kill you because you you're stepping on his truffle business but adam Arkin played it beautifully he didn't try to play like a ray Liotta character he just played it as a man who has been in an industry for a very long time and looks down at all his competition even if it is his son as less than him and basically hides his own insecurities in this overt you know macho tones that he likes to bring you know especially when they're he and nick meet for the first time you know and he knows who nick is he knows that you know nick is this famous famous chef who has basically sequestered himself to the woods because he couldn't handle something and it's a great segue for me to just kind of explain this movie is a heartbreaking portrait of grief and men's inability to cope with it and cope with loss Nicholas Cage, we learned that he has lost his wife. We have zero idea, no backstory, which is what I love a lot about this movie. We don't get backstories. We don't get any flashbacks or anyone telling a story of loss. We just learn that people have lost things. Everyone loses something. All three of these men in this, our main characters, are dealing in their own way with grief and loss and dealing with it horrifically. They are failing miserably at being able to deal with the loss that they've come across. Nicholas Cage's loss is so traumatic. He is maybe the most famous chef in the Portland area at the time, and he disappears for 10 to 15 years from what we gleam from some of the conversations that are had. He's been gone over a decade, like just disappeared off the face of the planet. A few people know about him because he now has, you know, he's got a truffle pig, and they go out and they forage for truffles. And he basically has replaced his wife, uh, maybe, no, not replaced. He has found a way to fill the void of her loss so that he doesn't have to basically come to grips with it or to terms with it by falling in love and not in any kind of weird way, but falling in love with this pig. This pig becomes the thing that gets him up. And like It's his own, his companion. It's all he has. It's all he wants and needs. Yeah, he's, he's replacing his loss with, uh, with the pig, with his pig in this. It's kind of like if you have like a, a dog or like an animal pass in your life and then you just immediately go and get another animal. I know exactly what you're talking about when you replace certain loved lost ones with basically you don't want to deal with it and you kind of just, you know, surround yourself with more of it and you just go with love and forget the sadness. But that inability for them to deal with the losses and without giving anything really too much away, there is a loss of a wife slash mother that Adam Arkin and 
Alex Wolf's characters have to try to deal with and aren't dealing with. Not dealing with well at all. Adam Arkin, I don't even know if he leaves his house. He basically seems like he runs runs his kind business of sequesters himself to his house. house and doesn't leave much. Alex Wolf is chasing ghosts. He's chasing the ghost of his mother and he's living in the shadow of his father. He's like trying to get the love and affection he desperately wants from his father, who I don't even know if he realizes how badly he wants it or if he's even proud of him for basically following in his footsteps. And, you know, the the one thing I don't think his father realizes is, or maybe even Alex doesn't realize, is he found Nick's character and Nick's character is helping him get truffles. And it's basically kept him in business, is put him in business. Like, you know, it's almost like he's like one of the top line of these truffles. Yeah, he's better than his dad at it. I think he is. And I think that's one of the reasons that events happen without giving, because we right. really can't discuss certain things. Yeah, I just no, don't want I, to. I agree 100%. Yeah, he uh, he definitely knows that he's uh, better than him. Alex knows it. Um, I think he went almost. I don't like, think Alex knows it. I think the yeah. father definitely knows it because he's still so hard. You know, trying desperately to get him to you know acknowledge that he's his own man. That he, like, yeah, that he's made his own thing. That he's created his own like uh, business. You know, he's created his own his own um, career from the ground up. Just like his dad, but his dad fails to recognize that. It's almost like he just wants to ignore it. Just tell him that he's, you know, that he he's not he's not cut out for it. Oh well, he also feels like maybe he feels embarrassed or ashamed that he's like kind of stepping in on him now. Yeah, that you he's know? better. Like he's than, actually he's better than yeah, him, and he knows at that. At least in that at, area, at this age, you know, projecting his lifespan, he's on the track to be bigger than he ever would be. And this movie is absolutely gorgeously shot. Yeah, the cinema. Photography is absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, Paul uh, Patrick uh, Scola, which is crazy because his list of... He's done a lot of films and some music videos, but this is probably the biggest thing he's ever done. And he is an amazing cinematographer. Yes, he has a, he has a very big career ahead of him coming up, for sure. For sure. Now, as we said, Nicolas Cage is the star of this film. If you've never seen the movie Joe, or if you haven't had a chance to see Mandy, he combines similar uh, performances from those two films into this performance as this chef who has now become a recluse. Without seeing it, it's hard to explain. Like If, if all you know Nicolas Cage as is the memes or the little freak-out reels that you can find on YouTube, then you don't know Nicolas Cage. You just don't. You have never immersed yourself in his world. We're not here to say that Nicolas Cage doesn't pick crazy, wild roles. Willy's Wonderland is one of them. He doesn't utter a word, and I enjoy it. It's popcorn B-movie fun. It's fantastic. He really leans into what that movie is. However, in movies like Mandy and in movies like Joe, where his performances are just... Both of those performances should have been nominated as well. He is phenomenal. Oh, absolutely amazing, yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say this. I actually think of the movies that we have seen, this is, if not 1A, it's 1B of his greatest roles he's ever, ever done. I agree. This is definitely in his top five officially. I mean, when he did Leaving Las Vegas, he plays a drunk, so he's, he gets to add his madness and mixture. He doesn't use the madness much. Like, he'll have some moments of anger, but only because of the situation. He doesn't fly off the handle much. He doesn't have his cage freakouts, his cage rages. He stays in this. And another thing I've been seeing is people keep saying, like, it's a subtle, subdued performance. He has many of those. He's just, he's not always cage raging. It's just what only people see. So their perception is that reality. And this film is nothing like that with his performance. He is absolutely 
scintillating. He's at the top of his game. Like I forget which magazine said it. He, yeah, is, he really act, is the actor of this generation. He absolutely is, which we have been saying for over a year. <laughs> we, we literally did it for six months straight. That's all we talked about <laughs> was that he is the best actor of uh, his generation. His performance in this is absolutely fantastic. It is subtle. It, you know, the big, the, what I was thinking a lot in my head when watching him in this was Ryan Gosling's performance in Drive. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's fair because, you know, Ryan Gosling but barely utters a word. All of its expression, all of it is subtle and subdued until it, it doesn't have to be anymore. He just has this one amazing scene where he is talking to a chef that he fired, <laughs> what, like 15 days that he worked? Yeah. Like he fired him so he quick. Fired, like he worked for yeah. two weeks or whatever. He fired two weeks. And he fired him what, like 10 years. So it was yeah. probably 15 years ago that he fired this guy yep. last time I seen him. And now this chef is working in some overly hip, bougie restaurant where they serve locally sourced bullshit. Like, let's just be honest. It is a tongue-in-cheek moment. Farm and when, table. Yeah, but it's it's but what farm to whose table? You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> when you say farm to table, it's like you go down to Grandpa Joe's farm, get some eggs, and you source them out. And you go to the local diner. That's farm to table. This is like it was smoked with the pine cones. It's like such bougie bullshit that no one eats. But you just say you eat it because you're like, I'm so avant-garde. <laughs> I'm also on IMDb, and I have seen every Criterion Collection movie. It's such a tongue-in-cheek moment. But he has a conversation with the gentleman. That hits him to the core, and I feel like it even hits the viewer to the core. Where you know he's talking about we only get, and you see, he says these lines in the in the trailer, you only get a few things to care about in life, and he basically is breaking down this guy who has spent the last 10, 15 years to become this amazing chef at this restaurant that's now very popular and famous, and here he is, this guy who fired him, and he's looking up to him, and he really wants his opinion on stuff, and here he is suddenly shattering his world and making him question what he's doing because he's basically saying, why are you? Doing Why are you something that you doing didn't this? want to do. Yeah, that you don't love. You're not doing yeah. something that you love this is, to do. This this isn't your dream. Why did you why did you not try to accomplish your dream? Why did you pick something else? And you know, and at first you think he's being this, you know, condescending piece of shit because he thinks he's all that, but he's not. Like he's it's no, a very he honest. He's like genuinely cares. Why are you not doing this? Yeah. Because he fired out in two weeks, but he remembered his fucking dream, what he wanted to do. Like he remembers yeah. almost everything yeah. about everyone he's ever worked with and served. It which is Mind blowing. Yeah, no, he he is has a, a very good memory. It just shows that even though obviously this man couldn't cook pasta for his life, and he had to fire him for <laughs> for that. How do you burn he, boiling pasta? Like right. This? He still, even though even though he you know only worked with him for two weeks, and he fired him over that, he still remembered what his dream was, and it shows that he's that type of like boss mentor that you want to have. On your journey through your career, absolutely. Even if it's a short, if it's a job that you take just in between places, you still want to have that kind of connection with someone where they remember, you know, what you said. You and I met each other through work, and we remembered obviously what each other care about. That's how we got to where we are now. Obviously, if we didn't like each other, we never would have started this thing. But should, we wouldn't be two in two two different podcasts in two, two different ones that we'd be competition. But we have had that experience mutually together of watching fake people in uh, a yes, work yeah. standpoint. 
where I can tell you right now off the top of my head, the last two and a half years, I guarantee if I asked anyone that would be considered my boss, they would not know what my dreams were in life. Because why? They didn't ask. They didn't care to talk about it because they didn't give a shit. Nick gives a shit. Rob gives a shit in this film. He cares about Alex. You know, that's why I feel like he works with him is that he sees that that's his dream. Unlike his father who can't see or doesn't want to recognize that that's his dream. That's why he is such an amazing character for being this recluse that doesn't talk and has completely left the world for a decade. Being able to come back and have that kind of empathy for people that you haven't seen in that long of a time is amazing. It just goes to show how great his character is and oh yes it's just fantastic the whole film just builds this world around fine dining and truffles and coping with loss like the inability to cope with loss like all three of these gentlemen have found a way to hide from their loss and not wanting to face it they've they've found different things to do adam arkin is (laughs) the don of fine dining his son is. is trying to start his own thing and overthrow the throne and here is the great nicholas cage out in the woods with a truffle pig hiding away like off the grid, completely hiding away. Like he can't handle life. He can't do with it. He cannot. He hasn't coped with it. And this is like one of those movies. Even though you don't, there's not therapy. It's like a real great film to say therapy is what all three of these gentlemen need. And they kind of give each other some therapy, I guess, a little bit. Like definitely Nicholas is does it, but then he. What I liked about it, and without giving anything away, is in the end, he kind of is his own therapist he he he's helped some others and he from what he kind of helped open their eyes to he finally realized it's time for him to do the same yeah it is that's a, he he gets there through providing like empathy and almost like this form of therapy to other people you know first with waking that chef up to like hey <laughs> you're living a life of bullshit this isn't what you wanted but everything is just it's so well developed the the world is so like lived in between little cameos from other truffle farmers that are just fantastically cast <laughs> awesome yes so absolutely. she's one of my favorite parts of the film um to all all i'll say is chef fight club <laughs> i was gonna say, plus an underground chef fight club which yeah. that's all I'll amazing say, like, it's unbelievable and everything that we've just said is not what's you're mentally not ready for what it's really going to be. Maybe that's part of the trick of the movie is you go in thinking one thing, like as men, and I don't want this to be just a men-heavy thing, but clearly men, we have a tough time handling dealing grief. with loss and handling grief and, and seeking yeah, out help. Everything, yeah, in general. You were trained to suppress it. And so you come into this movie thinking one thing's going to happen, and then you get the rug pulled out from under you, and you get something else, and trust me, as much as I, as VR fan, we're hoping for some bloody amazing ending. As I'm not gonna lie, I went into I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what he's gonna do. Is it gonna be like Mandy? I was actually floored by the way it ended, and actually appreciated the movie and liked it more that it went the route it did. Like it, same, I agree. It was so good. I was just like, wow. Like I almost felt stupid wishing for a revenge thriller instead of the film we ended up getting. Like that was the film that we wanted. Yeah, so it amazing. Is. It really is. It's it's so fantastic. The other thing I wanted to just say is. The score to this is absolutely fantastic. Yes, yeah. Between that with the cinematography and how great the acting is and direction of this film is just absolutely beautiful. You need to see this movie. 
You need to see this movie. Whether you get it in the theater, which I would recommend, but if it doesn't come out around you, you can get to it, go see it, or see it the minute it comes out on streaming. You will not be disappointed. Just remember my disclaimer from the beginning so you don't go into this movie thinking you're getting one thing and you're getting something completely different. You will not be disappointed by this film or by his performance, him being Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Go see it. It's an absolutely gorgeous film with uh, Oscar-worthy performance from Nicolas Cage and needs to be seen immediately. And you can see it this uh, Friday, the 16th. With that, I just want to say thank you so much to Neon Films for once again allowing us to embark on your screeners to get a chance to view them. This is our third, and we hope there are more to come. We will continue to reach out to you when more great movies you release. We'll continue to hopefully get our fans, even though they're a small niche group. We got like our own little Portland uh, <laughs> Chef Fight Club yeah. as a group. That's and hopefully we, we'll get them to the watch podcast, it. Chef Fight Club. Nope. Nope. Fuck off. Get away from my car. Go. Go. Come on. No. No. Not me either. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Woo. I know this little fucker does it. How do you do it? You sure you don't want one of those, um, camp showers? You know, the ones with the propane and the hot water? What about that phone? I don't want to be the one to drive up and find you, like, dead. You know, there's, like, animals and shit out here. Okay. Oh. Good talk, Rob. <laughs> <laughs>